Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue our sermon series titled Planted. Pastor Gershom shares with us what it looks like to be someone planted in Christ from the perspective of a seed planted in good soil. Can we ask God to show us which seeds in our lives have been untouched by the living waters? Hi church, it's such a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's word to you today. Even as we've just started a new series called Planted, we just finished one on the Holy Spirit and I'm excited that we get to dive together into God's word and learn. Even as we start this entire uh, second part of the series, I would like to first go back to the passage that we had seen last week and take it from there. Can we read Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 to 8? And this is what it says in the message version. It says, But blessed is the man who trusts me, God, the woman who sticks with God. They are like trees replanted in Eden, putting down roots near the rivers. Never a worry through the hottest of summers, never dropping a leaf, serene and calm through droughts, bearing fresh fruit every season. Even as we read this verse, it says, blessed is the man who trusts in God. And it says, blessed is the woman who sticks with God. There are two aspects. One which says that you have to trust him. The other one which says you have to stick with him. And I'm going to take the same verse from the Amplified Version. And can we go on to see in uh, the Amplified Version what it says? It says, blessed with spiritual security is a man who believes and trusts and relies on the Lord and whose hope and confident expectation is the Lord. For he will be nourished like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear the heat when it comes, but its leaves will be green and moist and it will not be anxious or concerned in a year of drought nor stop bearing fruit. I know how many of you are in this season right now, but you know, ever since the entire world got plagued by the pandemic, there's been a halt for all of us. Whether we like it or not, everything that we were used to doing had to come to a standstill. And it's like over the last one year, we've kind of like adapted to a new form of uh, living within our homes, to a new form of actually even doing church. A lot of us are engaging today and are participating in church in an online, uh, digital-only church format. You know, there are ways in which we've also tried how the hybrid works, where some of us are willing to come in person also, and some are still wanting to do digital-only. Our security is crumbled today. Today, with the pandemic hitting, and today, especially after this entire second wave, and, you know, as we keep hearing news week after week, our security is totally shaken. But today I want us to, you know, really look into the word of God and ask God, God, can you please come into my life and can you be my spiritual security? It's important because today, as much as we strive, today all of us as parents, as husbands, as spouses, we strive so hard to, you know, have some form of security over our lives. We guard our homes, we guard our, uh, you know, finances, we guard the things that we care about the most. But are we also taking that effort to guard and have a good, spiritual, secure environment in which God can really work in and through us? The second part of that verse which we saw is, There is hope 
and confident expectation. I love what verse 8 says, because they will be nourished like a tree planted by the waters. It's interesting. They will not fear the heat when it comes. So if we are planted by this living water, we will not fear whatever comes, whatever season, you know, we get to go through, we will go through without fear. And I love what it says continuously. It says, we will not be anxious and concerned in a year of drought. Because we know our God is God who calls himself as the God who supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. Our God is called Jaira. He is more than enough. I'm reminded of the song which has been, you know, uh, sung in churches around the world. Jaira, you are more than enough. We look to God thinking, you know, he is Jaira. He will give me everything. But, you know, when you look at look to God, he is more than enough. Whether I get anything or not, if I have and know who Jesus is, he is more than enough. And so today, the comparison that I want us to start the second part of the series planted is the fact that, you know, we need to have a spiritual security and we also need to have this hope and expectation in God when we are planted. It's interesting. Last week, I was talking to a group of young men who are uh, studying in colleges, universities and young adults, young men, adults who are actually working in the corporate world and uh, the topic that I was talking to them right as our service was happening last week was on the topic of depression of how to overcome depression and the key passage I had taken from there was from Genesis and I want us to go back to that verse which I felt really uh, you know as the anchor to our entire sermon today Genesis 1 verse 26 to 28 it goes on to say then God said let us that is the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit make man in our image according to our likeness, not physical but a spiritual personality and moral likeness and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle and over the entire earth and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image and likeness of God he created him, male and female he created them. And even as I was talking to them, I told them, you know what, we are all created in the image of God. But the beautiful thing here is, I don't know how many of you have always sought uh, or thought of God creating uh, you in his image. But it's interesting what this verse says in the Amplified Version. It says, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. And so when man sinned in the Garden of Eden, the one thing that crumbled there, that connection that crumbled was not that physical. Because we are created in his image, but that that image of spiritual personality and that moral likeness crumbled. Satan has been in a vendetta to make sure that he tarnishes, he breaks, he demolishes every man and woman's spiritual personality and every man and woman's moral likeness. And today God wants to rebuild that in our lives. God wants that even as we say, Lord, we want to be planted by the living waters. He's coming to say that I will work in you. I will make sure that this spiritual personality and this moral likeness will be in, uh, you know, will come together. I'll start working in you so that in due time, you will be able to see and be connected with me. It's interesting that so as we seen the verse today in Jeremiah, that we will have the spiritual security. And our hope and expectation will be with them. And as we've started the series, the one question I would like to leave with you as we continue on is, Church, today, are you planted in Jesus? Today, if I have to ask you that, I know a lot of us, you know, you've been used to the question, are you planted in a community? Are you planted in a small group? Are you planted in a discipleship group? Are you planted in some form of the church? You know, all that is secondary. All that is not important. 
to the church which is watching me online to the church that's listening to me online on any format i'm asking you this are you planted in jesus because today if you're not planted in jesus you're missing out the whole thing and so today i want to ask two questions to the person who says you know what i'm planted in a church but are you really planted in jesus because if you're still planted in a church you will soon come to realize that the church that you're planted in will fail you the leaders that are around you the people that are around you will fail you if you're not planted in jesus and for those of you who don't have an idea of what it means to be planted in jesus i would encourage you jesus is not one of the other gods that is there in the world no he is the only he is the one and only true and living god Jesus is not this positive vibe that you can feel around no he's not this energy that you can wake up in the morning and then if you have a set of routine that you'll get this energy no he is the one and only true god he is the god who you need to consciously make an effort to call his name to utter his name so that when you utter his name and when you believe with your heart he will be able to come into each and every situation of your life and so today if you're part of a community and you still not given the reins and said jesus i want to be planted in you i would encourage you please take this time to make that prayer and ask god i want you jesus to come into my life i want to be planted in you i want to be planted by this living water that runs so that you can nourish me every day so that you can you know you, i can find i'll be able to grow in you i'll be able to thrive in you and i'll be able to last my entire lifetime in you for those of you are hesitating to allow jesus to be the lord and savior of your life for those of you are thinking twice about being planted in jesus take that step of faith and he will guide you every step of the way he will allow you to you know go through life with hope with strength with favor he'll start speaking to you these deep mysteries and eventually he'll lead you to a place where you can be planted amongst other community of believers because it's in that we find strength it's in that we find encouragement as in in that we also find purpose for what heaven has to be like on earth we time and again say you know we have to be an experience for the people around they need to actually sense heaven on earth god will start doing that in and through us in and through the community that we are part of in and through the church that we are part of but it will only happen if we are planted in jesus last week as part of the first part of the series we saw that when we are planted by the living water you know it takes time to grow it's not this you know immediate uh you know one second or one day journey where we are you know we can say that we've attained it no it's not like our opener where you saw the entire seed just come out and then the plant come out and the forms it doesn't happen that fast it takes time and for you to be a flourishing tree it takes years commit yourself to that journey the second part we saw that is when we are planted by the living waters we will not allow us to get you know in this place where we will allow rot to set in we will be set free we will be quick to heal we, we saw how you know we won't allow decay to happen within our lives and it's important and the third thing we saw that is we can be transplanted anywhere as we're continuing on to the second part today's journey for us is going to be what is the soil what is the importance of soil and what is the importance of a seed and we're going to see it in light of the scripture and if you know that today uh, in our christian walk the soil is very important because the soil shows us how receptive we are to god how we are allowing god to work in and through our lives and the second part is the seed god has so many seeds that he wants to plant in 
our own vineyard, in our own lives, in our own hearts. And it has to bear fruit. It has to, you know, the trees have to come out. And he wants us to be this flourishing tree so that many will be able to find refuge, so that many will be able to find encouragement, so that many will be able to find strength. Are we willing to be replanted? I love how the message version says, it says beautifully, you know, in uh, verse 7, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts me and the woman who sticks with God. They are like trees replanted in Eden. God is in the process of restoration. God never wants to leave you the same. The minute you accept Jesus, the minute you allow Jesus to work in and through your life, things will change. Because Jesus comes in, and he just doesn't love living in a house that's in disrepair. When Jesus comes and lives in a house, he'll start changing things. He'll start moving things around. He'll start throwing things outside. I don't know how many of you uh, are like this, but I sometimes feel like I'm a hoarder. I have, you know, I hoard so many old things. Like at the minute I got married, I uh, my wife was like, you know, after a year or two was trying to clean my cupboard. and said, hey, you know, don't throw that. Uh, I've had that for the last 10 years or don't throw that. I've had that for the last eight years or don't throw that. I've had that for the last seven years. And she said, you know what? Let someone else use it. But here, when you allow Jesus to come into your heart, he's going to throw everything that's unnecessary out. He's going to, you know, that's what it says. You know, the minute he comes in, your burden is easy and your yoke is light. There's nothing in this world that, you know, cannot submit to him. He'll change everything. He'll whip everything out. Everything that is not of God will be whipped out of your life. He'll unclog those drains and make sure that everything is working fine. And so are you willing to be replanted? Because when you're replanted, there are so many things that changes. The first thing that changes is your every distrust, whatever it is, between people, between God, everything starts changing. And you start trusting God every step of the way. If you're lonely and when you're getting replanted, you understand the presence of God. And you know that there's a God who will never leave you or who will never forsake you. You know a God who never sleeps. He is beside you. He can hear you. He can listen to you. He can. He knows your deepest desires. He, you know, every tear of yours has not gone to waste. You know, when you have spiritual emptiness it, through different seasons of life, you are, you know, it, it's, it, it's like the sine wave. You go through ups and downs because Christian walk is like that. We, Satan will not, uh, you know, just say, okay, you know what, I've uh, troubled this person for a year and I'm going to take a sabbatical for the next three years. And no, he's every day wanting to make sure that he uproots us. He destroys us. And it's when we are replanted, we'll have that spiritual security that God is fighting for us. That no harm of the enemy will prosper. That, you know, God will work in and through us. God will make sure that we have and we have claim in that victory. The fourth thing is uncertainty will be replaced by hope because we are planted in the garden where Jesus wants us to be planted by the living water. Every doubt and every despair will be dispelled because when we are replanted, we substitute every lie of the enemy with the truth that God gives. And that truth comes with the confidence that's because his word is yes and amen, because his word you know, is the beginning and the end, because we worship a God who is the alpha and the omega, because we serve a God for whose time is under his control. I love this, that when we are replanted, our expectation, everything that we want in life gets aligned to the will and the plan and the purpose that God has for us. So today, are we willing to be planted in Jesus? And as we look through these three points, I would ask that this is not a collective decision that you have to make. This is not the decision of the church. No, this is your individual decision. 
if you're a father this is your decision if you're a mother this is your decision if it's your if you're a grandfather this is your decision if you're a single person this is your decision to make are you willing to be planted in jesus if you're a spouse you have to make the decision for yourself this is your personal decision that you're making with jesus are you willing to be planted in jesus if you're willing to be planted in jesus you will be willing to be planted in good soil can we read from matthew chapter 13 verse 3 onwards and it goes on to say he told them many things in parables saying listen carefully a sower went out to sow seed in his field and as he sowed some seed fell beside the road between the fields and the birds came and ate it the other seed fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and at once they sprang up because they had no depth of soil but when the sun rose they were scorched and because they had no root they were withered away other seed fell among thorns and thorns came up and choked them out other seed fell on good soil and yielded grain some a hundred times as much as was sown some 60 times as much and some 30 he who has ears to hear let him hear and heed my words and the more i was thinking about it i I've, i've always looked at this context of you know these four kinds could be four different people whose hearts are probably uh, that the heart in its entirety but as i was meditating on it god reminded me of something that i learned earlier on in biology that you know the our uh, a heart has four chambers you know and the, the more you uh, see the functionality of the heart the four chambers of these heart have to work in full capacity for you to live if there's a block of some sort you start having some pain you go in for a procedure you either get a you know uh, a stent put in or you get bypass done you do something but the functionality of the heart is that these four chambers have to work and when we are planted in jesus when jesus comes into our life it's just not an immediate change that happens you know 180 degree no or 360 degree change doesn't happen the change that happens is an everyday change and everyday change when i was thinking about it god was reminded saying you know geshon there are still some areas in your life that your heart is still just be- it's a beaten path in the passion translation it says the road is a beaten path and god remind me some place it's like rocky ground that is where is this filled with gravel with no top soil and the third part is you know where it's like thorns and weeds where you know it's just grown out of control and these are areas probably where we've never even thought to look at or touch or see thinking that you know what this is my security and i wouldn't allow anyone or anything to harm me in that way and another part is the good soil where probably we've seen god come through in some way or the other probably for some of us god has been a restorer for some of us god has been a healer for some of us god has been you know uh, a savior who actually came the time we called but we've not experienced the fullness of god at all so until unless we set our heart right until unless we ask jesus when i'm planted in you i want my entire heart to be one of good soil so that i'll be able to function so that i when the living waters come i'll be able to experience you in its fullness can we go on to read and it's interesting when we read this the disciples go on to say 
Jesus, why are you talking in parables? We don't understand this. And then he breaks down this entire thing. And I'm reading uh, the second half of this in the Passion Translation and goes on to say Matthew 13 verse 18 onwards. Now you are ready to hear the explanation of the parable of the sower. What was sown along the path represents the one who listens to the message of the kingdom but doesn't understand it. The adversary then comes and snatches away what was sown into his heart. And this I would say is the beaten path. Well, a lot of us, you know, we time and again, we struggle to go into God's word and find answers. So instead, what are we doing? We're going to YouTube and we're just typing it out, going to Google and trying to read a blog article. And honestly, we can read interpretations of the word or listen to the interpretations of what others are saying. But it is important for us to know what God really reveals to us when we meditate on his word. Because if we fail to do that, Satan, like an adversary, will come and pluck that seed away and will cause us to have confusion. And it wouldn't even take fruit. We'll just brush it away. We might think, you know what? This is not important. This is not a facet of God that I really want to understand. So today, if you're experiencing this beaten up path, because today we're not running short of anything. We have everything we have in excess. We have excess of information. We have excess of interpretation. But Jesus wants to minister to you personally. So are you willing to allow that area of your heart, that beaten path of yours, are you willing to allow the living waters to flow through? The second part, can we go on to read from verse 20 onwards? It says, the one sown on gravel represents a person who gladly hears the kingdom message, but his experience remains shallow. Shortly after he hears it, troubles and persecutions come because of the kingdom message he had received. Then he quickly falls away for the truth didn't sink deeply into his heart. Both the translations say this is rocky ground, that this is gravel with no topsoil. You know, when I read this, I was reminded of most of our Indian roads, you know. It, uh, when they decide to lay a road, especially not on the main roads, but in, into these all these other lanes, the first thing they put, they'll put gravel. And then they leave it for at least a month, sometimes a year, till they forget that they've actually laid that. By then, you know, we struggle to drive the first two times we are complaining. But by the third, fourth, fifth time, we are so used to it and then we start traveling. And many a times, a lot of our condition of our heart is like that. And when I looked at that, I was reminded, some of us just live from a Sunday to a Sunday. And when we enter into the real world, when we start the week on a Monday, the pressures of this world just, you know, diminish the message that we've heard on a Sunday because we are not willing to work on it. We are not willing to dive deeper and ask Jesus to work that we forget and that it fades away. And then we come back again to in the next Sunday. We are excited about it. But when Monday comes back, we are back to square one. So today, are we willing to identify which area in our life have we allowed to just have gravel with no soil, that we've constantly just allowed messages to bounce, what God is telling to bounce away, that we aren't willing to carry it into our Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, all the way to our Saturdays, so that when we come back on a Sunday, we are grateful, we are expectant to hear what God wants us to hear so that we can move forward and not backward. The third part is the thorns and weeds. Verse 22, it says, The one sown among thorns represents one who receives a message, but all of life's busy distractions. His divided heart and his ambition for wealth results in suffocating the kingdom message and it becomes fruitless. Both the translations goes on to say that they are thorns and weeds. And it's interesting because most of the time, we can give God a backseat when he asks us or propels us or moves us to do something. 
Reading the word of God will not cause us to be stationary beings or stationary Christians. Reading the word of God is going to ask, Jesus is going to move us through the Holy Spirit to do something about it. You share about it. You tell about it. What God has changed you has to, the outwork of it has to be seen in some form or the other. But as we see here, we have a divided heart. As we see here, the ambition of wealth. These are all thorns. These are all necessity things. These are things, finances is important. Our work is important. But making it our ambition just creates an altar. And most of the times, we have so many other things that we've equated to God and we've built equal altars in our life. Are we willing to bring down all these altars so that God will be glorified, so that God can work. So what happens is the minute you taste and see that God is your provider, your outlook on wealth changes. The minute you see that God is the one who's giving you the breakthrough, your outlook changes. And automatically these thorns and weeds start fizzling away. Because as you journey on, you realize that you need Jesus. So you allow him to move things around for you. You're not striving for that. The fourth part that we see in verse 23 is, but what was sown on good, rich soil represents the one who hears and fully embraces the message of the kingdom. Their lives bear good fruit, some yield a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as was sown. In both the translations, it says it's good and fertile soil. Church, this part of our heart might be just the smallest section. All of us, including me, it's not the biggest part of my heart. We are all work in progress. WIP. And I would ask you today, can we ask God, God, we want to be planted in you. And we want to make sure that our heart is fully made up of good soil. You know, I've, I've been watching a TV series which involves uh, the entire show revolves around a farming community. And it's hard work. Seeds are expensive. You know, working on the soil, you have to work before the rain comes. Acres and acres of land. And after you work, you need to make sure the pipeline for getting the harvested plant reaches the factory right on time so that everything can be put to good use. It is a laborious work. Our Christian walk is not one which is just you know, a decision that I made or a button that I clicked. No, it's something that you and me have to consciously make an effort every day. The minute you wake up, are you calling on Jesus? Because if he doesn't fill you up, he's not there to guide your day. If we do not give him the time to listen to him, we do not know where to go. So church today, are we willing to ask God, God change me? You know, today, even as we read the thorns, the weeds, the gravel, we have a lot of experiences in life and we've all built walls. We've all built walls within our hearts saying, Jesus, this is an area, don't touch it. This is, this is the way I've protected myself. This is the way I've kept myself. But Jesus is saying, hey, no, when you decide to follow me, all of this should come down and God will start working in and through you. And as we saw last week, it is a time-consuming process. But are you willing to give yourself to Jesus so that he'll be able to lead you? He'll be able to guide you and he'll be able to change and move things around for you. The second part of this uh, journey of being planted in Jesus is, are we willing to hold steadfast to Jesus? Are we willing to be honest with Jesus so that he'll be able to 
work in and through our life. John chapter 12 verse 24 goes on to say, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. Just one grain, never more. But if it dies, it produces much grain and yields a harvest. The one who loves his life eventually loses it through death. But the one who hates his life in this world and is concerned with pleasing God will keep it for life eternal. If anyone serves me, he must continue to faithfully follow me without hesitation, holding steadfastly to me, conforming to my example in living and if need be suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. And wherever I am in heaven's glory, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. It's a really tough verse. Because today, let's face it, none of us want to travel on a hard route. All of us want to take the highway. All of us want to take the road that is easy to drive on. You know, the road which has less traffic. I mean, that's what the, the map suggests us. We know if you put in a map, it gives you a couple of other alternates. You choose the one which is, takes you less time. You don't take the one which takes you the longest time. But in this Christian walk, the minute you start walking with Jesus, even as he gives you hope, even as he gives you strength, it requires us to take, to put our roots down, to die to our desires so that we'll be able to take on God's desires and me to hold on to that. Steadfastly. I love what it says in verse 26. If anyone serves me, he must continue to faithfully follow me without hesitation. Today, each and every one of us hesitate to follow or to showcase Jesus in this watching world. I don't know about you, but I think twice. I think twice, okay, if I share this, what will others think? Or if I, you know, if I say something like this, what will others think? And so today we're living in this world where we are so governed, whether we like it or not, even if the pressure is not there, we are so governed by what other people think. Today, okay, oh, if I do this, what will someone else say? Oh, what will people say? We have grown up in a society where we have always thought, okay, what will that uncle and auntie think? What will they think? The pressure has been, what will others think? But today, our only biggest concern is, what will Jesus think? I love what it says here. It says, who's willing to follow me without hesitation, holding steadfastly to me, conforming to my example in living and if need be suffering. Church, it's a high calling. But are we willing to journey with Jesus in this? Because Jesus wants to set us as an example. Jesus wants to, you know, be in the world yet not of it. He wants us to be in the world but yet be different. Because he'll come through. He'll do it. He'll do it differently in and through us. Are we willing to trust him in this journey? I want us to go to Second Chronicles and see from the life of King Jotham and see how he decided to be different. Can we read Second Chronicles chapter 27, which goes on to say 1 to 3 and verse 6 onwards. It says, Jotham was 25 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 16 years. His mother's name was Jerusha, daughter of Zadok. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Uzziah had done. But unlike him, he did not enter the temple of the Lord. The people, however, continued their corrupt practices. Jotham repelled the upper gate of the temple of the Lord and did extensive work on the wall at the hill of Opel. He built towns in the hill country of Judah and forts and towers in the wooded areas. Verse 6, Jotham grew powerful 
because he walked steadfastly before the Lord his God. His entire reign is just summed up in a couple of verses. But I, I love what's highlighted in verse 6. Jotham grew powerful because he walked steadfastly before the Lord his God. And in verse 2, it says, the people around him were corrupt. Oftentimes the king is under pressure to do what the people would like, what the people, you know, what will please the people so that he can win their favor, so that he can make sure. In fact, if you read verse 5, it goes on to say how the Ammonites paid him so much in terms of silver and gold that year. It's because he knew where his strength lied. It was not on the people who were corrupt. It was in a God and he held on to God steadfastly. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 58 goes on to say, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing more than is needed, being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion in the Lord, is not futile nor wasted. It is never without purpose. So today, I don't know how many of you are actually exhausted you know, you've been trusting God. You've been holding on to his promises. You've been saying, God, I'm waiting for my breakthrough. But keep at it. God will come through. God is powerful. God will never put our face or he will not allow us to be in a place where we'll be shamed because we are followers of Jesus. He will come through. He will come through. Yes, the trials will be there. The tough times will be there. But when... We are steadfast in holding on to him. You know, being steadfast uh, in, uh, in the Lord is like on this journey where you're not taking pit stops. You're just going. You're saying, God, today I'm just going to trust you. God, next day I'm going to trust you. Because every time you take that step in faith, you're going to reach at the end where you're going to see that light. Where you're going to see God come through. Miraculous. And it's going to be a testimony. It's going to be one for the books where people say, you know what, something is different about him. The way he handles people, the way he handles situations, the way she runs her home, the way she does everything around is different. And we want to know what is that difference. And you'll be able to boldly stand and say, it's because I follow Jesus. It's because Jesus is the true and living God. So church, today, even as we are planted in Jesus, can we hold on to him steadfastly? So that we, no matter what happens, we won't be shaken. And it's important that even as God's in this process of changing our heart, as he's replacing it with good soil, he wants us to be in it for the long run. He wants us to hold on to him no matter what happens. I love the fact that, you know, our journey on this earth is just a part of, of this journey. It's not the end. Because when we close our eyes here, we are going to open our eyes and we are going to journey with Jesus in eternity. We are going to see him face to face. And honestly, no amount of explanation, no amount of saying, you know, this is what we are going to see, this is what it's going to be, will actually bring that picture into our eyes. It's only when we go there will we be able to see in all his glory what he's been asking and what he's been what he's been wanting us to see all along and that's our hope that and so today whatever you're going through remember our god will come through nothing is wasted with jesus the third part of being planted in jesus is the fact that are we willing to be broken 
Yes, you heard it right. Are we willing to be broken? As I said earlier, the seed is the most important thing. As we have the soil getting ready, as God works in and through us, as he replants us, the seeds are the one. Because there's this, our heart, as the soil is getting ready, God's, there's so many seeds that he's already placed. And I, as I read earlier from Genesis 1, you know, that spiritual connection that he's created in his likeness he's placed so many god-like characters so many jesus-like characters in us but it's only when that living water starts working in and through us will that seed start you know uh, start growing will it start actually taking root and so let's go on to read luke chapter 13 verse 18 to 19 in the nlt it goes on to say then jesus said what is the kingdom of god like how can i illustrate it it's like a tiny mustard seed that a human planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree and the birds make nests in its branches. One of the beautiful ways in which a seed functions is the minute it's in soil, it finds nutrients in it. And then it somehow gets connected to the water, the, the wetness that's there in the soil. And then that goes into the seed and then that breaks it and the root starts coming out. It starts taking shape. And then over a period of time, that grows out of the soil. And then down a couple of years, that becomes a tree. So today, if we are saying we want to be planted in Jesus, are we willing to be broken? Because as a seed breaks, it's going to be painful. But we need to trust Jesus. It's interesting, as I was preparing, God was reminding me that, you know what, Geshom, you know, many a times you think, you know what, I need to have the fruits of the Holy Spirit, like love, joy, peace, kindness, self-control, you know, all of this. But honestly, you've not allowed the Holy Spirit to break you in those areas. For those fruits to be seen in and through your lives, the seed first has to be broken by the Holy Spirit. And as we journey on, with Jesus over the years, as we become a tree, as I read here, it will become a tree where many others will be able to experience that fruit. So today, if people have called you that you're an unlovable person, tell Jesus that. When the Holy Spirit works in and through your life, he'll break that seed. And over a period of time, people will experience the love of Jesus in and through you. If you've been lacking peace all your life, the, the, the seed is in your heart. God created you with it. It's just that you have not allowed the Holy Spirit to come in and break that. But when he breaks that, and when that tree starts taking shape, people, when they converse with you, when they talk to you, when they are next to you, they'll find peace because you are a carrier of peace. Self-control, if we've been lacking it, God reminded me, Geshem, you lack self-control. Ask. And I've been asking, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Break. And that breaking is tough. Even as I was speaking last week, I told many a times, you know, being in the dark place is the toughest thing. But it's in the dark place where the Holy Spirit comes and breaks us. The seed, when it gets broken, is right buried right under the crown. There's no light. But something is happening. God can do some of the most amazing work in these dark places. Are you allowing the living water to come in and through these dark places of your life? Remember, there is pain in the breaking. I'm not discounting the fact that in this journey, there will be pain when the breaking happens. But there is blessing in what is broken. 
Because what comes out is going to be something that is going to be Jesus-like. What comes out is going to be something what will showcase Jesus in and through you. What will come out will be a testimony saying that this is not me, but it's all about Jesus. Are we willing to commit ourselves to the Holy Spirit who will say, you know, who's that living water who's willing to come in? It's going to be a tough journey. And a lot of us have these seeds in our lives. We've never allowed the Holy Spirit access. We've been selective. I want this seed to be, uh, you know, this fruit to be seen and we've allowed in certain areas. As I said earlier, we all are in this journey. Can we allow him to come in and through our lives so that he can work? Because if you want to, you know, be a flourishing tree with fruit, where you're just not a wasteful tree, where you're just growing there of no use, every tree that God wants to grow in and through you is of big importance. And every season it will come to a place where you'll be of high impact to the people around. You will not know it, but there'll be a time and people will be able to tell, you know, if he's here and things will be different. If he's handling this, things will be dealt differently. If they are here, we know that, you know, we can leave it in their hands. Because Jesus has already done so much in and through you. They start experiencing the fruit that comes out of because you committed to the breaking of the seed to the living waters. I want to leave you a word of encouragement from Isaiah 43. A lot of us have read it in other uh, translations. I want to read from the Passion. It goes on to say, Stop dwelling on the past. Don't even remember these former things. I am doing something brand new, something unheard of. Even now it sprouts and grows and matures. Don't you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and open up flowing streams in the desert. Wild beasts, jackals and owls will glorify me. For I supply streams of water in the desert and rivers in the wilderness to satisfy the thirst of my people, my chosen ones. So that you whom I have shaped and formed for myself will proclaim my praise. Today, Jesus wants to come into every situation of your life. Today, you might say, you know, my situation, I'm in a really bad place. I can't even share it with anyone. But Jesus knows. I love this entire pandemic. We moved online. And the beauty about moving online is the fact that each of you get to experience Jesus in your homes. Too long we've been preaching, saying, you know what, come to church, come to church. So we, in our heads, we've always thought, you know what, when I go to church is where I can meet Jesus. Where I go to church is where I can actually senses Holy Spirit. But the beauty of doing everything online, what's happened is you're experiencing Him in your Monday to a Saturday place. The very place where you call home is where you're experiencing Him. The very place where you're wanting a breakthrough, you can ask Him for a breakthrough. So today, if your home has been a place where you've been lacking peace, lacking joy, lacking, you know, it's been a wilderness, ask Jesus. He says here in His Word, He can make a stream come out in a desert. And he'll be able to take that barren land and make it something fruitful if you're willing to give yourself to Jesus, if you're willing to be planted. So church today, even as I close, I just want to leave you with these three things. Are we willing to allow this living water to come and make sure that our soil is entirely changed so that we have good soil in our heart? So that us, our heart is a fertile soil for him to work in and through us. The second thing is, in this journey of being planted with Jesus, are we willing to hold on to him steadfastly? 
not be governed by the people's opinions by what people dictate but be only worried about what jesus thinks relying only on his strength so that we'll be able to glorify and say that this is all because of jesus and the third thing is are we willing to be broken because when we are broken even though it's painful there's blessing that awaits us when we are broken so church today even as you've been listening to this our prayer is that god will start working in and through your life it could be one area that the holy spirit has shown you today are you willing to be planted in jesus are you willing to allow him to allow that streams of living water to flow in and through you because he's willing and when he allows that water to flow in and through you it will nourish you it will remove everything that is bad everything that is not good it will remove and he'll start giving you strength he'll start giving you peace the joy that you've been longing for can we commit our lives into god's hands our loving heavenly father lord we thank you lord for this time lord thank you lord for all that you've been doing in and through our lives and i pray lord even as we've gone into the second part of the series of planted i pray that lord you would work in and through us i pray specifically lord jesus that lord we pray that our hearts lord jesus whatever the constitution is lord we want the entire heart of us to be functional we want our heart lord to have entirely be built of good soil and i pray that lord you would change lord jesus we invite you in we ask you that you would come in lord jesus we ask with our mouth we believe with the heart that we want to be planted in you come into our lives lord jesus come into our lives i pray for those of us who've been struggling who give up on you lord jesus who don't carry you into our mondays to our till the saturdays i pray that you would give us strength you would give us endurance you would give us that steadfastness that we'll hold on to you no matter what we won't be governed by what people say we won't be governed what people think but we'll be only worried about what you say and what you think lord jesus that we'll rely on you we'll take you into our mondays into our tuesdays lord jesus and lord i pray that if there's any seed in our heart lord jesus that still we've not allowed the living water to go in and break lord we ask that you would come in and break because we believe that you don't want it to be a seed of no use we want you want it to be a seed that will bring forth a tree bring forth a harvest and i pray that lord you would work in and through us lord jesus holy spirit i pray that your children will experience peace your children will experience uh, endurance and strength in this breaking lord that even as this week as they step into the week that they'll experience your joy I pray that Lord you will protect them in their going out and their coming in. Be with them Lord Jesus. We thank you. Be with us in your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So church even as we come to the end of this sermon I would want to ask you would you commit yourself to walking this life with Jesus? Will you allow yourself to experience this living water to flow into your life and be planted in Jesus? make a conscious decision every day to be planted in Jesus so that you will be able to bear fruits you will be able to do all that he's called you to do so that you'll be able to give glory and honor to his name and the people around will be able to say that there's Jesus in your life thanks for listening to this message we hope you were blessed to hear more messages like this make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. 
For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.